Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Lindsay Hooper. Today, England survived a penalty shootout against Nigeria to make it to the quarterfinals, even after a red card for Lauren James. And Sam Kerr made her debut at this World Cup, with Australia also making it through against Denmark. I'm with Helen Hardy, who's just got back from Brisbane Football Stadium. Helen, how is it being a travelling fan out there? It's been incredible. I mean, the fan bases have been unbelievable, but it's hard. It's really, really hard in those stadiums. The fans were uh, cheering on Nigeria today. I I get the feeling it's probably more a case of Australia don't want to meet England and they know that could be coming, Uh, but it's difficult while you're in there. And I think that's my primary sort of takeaway from this. We're through by the skin of our teeth and we played a lot of the game with 10 players and bring on the quarterfinal. Also with us, it's the WSL midfielder with over 50 England caps, Jade Moore. Hi, Jade. How is a former Lioness feeling after that one? Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Helen. Relieved. I'm so happy that I haven't got to go out and do a workout this evening um, because I felt like that's what I went through watching that game today. Yeah, no run needed. Um, Kate was going on her run yesterday. I think Tash was as well. In fact, I felt like I was the only one not in the running club. But yeah, I think we've burnt enough calories watching that game. Um, That's how we felt. We'll get on to discuss whether we feel it was deserving that victory. But how about the England fans in the stadium? How did they feel? <laughs> well, over the moon. It was so hard. but Winners! That's how we feel. We're winners! Relieved. <laughs> relieved. Being an England fan, very relieved that that was uh, over. Tense. It was excellent. Absolutely excellent. My heart has settled down now, yeah. <sighs> Alive. <laughs> 
Like, it just, everything you could possibly imagine happened in this game. There was red cards, there were fouls, there were penalties. There was just like any other soccer game I ever watch now won't compare, I don't think. <laughs> England, England. Top of the diving board, about to go in for this one. It ended 4-2 on penalties against Nigeria and Brisbane after a goalless 90 minutes, plus extra time as well. Uh, Nigeria hit the crossbar twice. England were given a penalty, but VAR overturned it. Lauren James got a red card at the end of normal time as well. In the penalties, Georgia Stanway missed the first one, but Nigeria missed two of theirs. Beth England, Rachel Daly and Alex Greenwood scored theirs. Then at the end, up popped Chloe Kelly with that little gallop in her lead up to score the winning penalty. It feels like who else, doesn't it, when we talk about England in major tournaments recently. Before we get to both Jade and Helen, here's the players' reaction first, starting with Alex Greenwood and Nigeria's Tony Payne. At this, I keep we say this a lot at this tournament. I think it's not about the perfect performance. You're never going to see a perfect performance. Let's give some respect to the opposition. Let's let's do that. Um, they caused us problems at times tonight, and I think we have to show a different side of us again, which we've done a few times this tournament. I think sometimes we need to say well done to what we did tonight. We played with ten for a large part of the game, and I'm really proud of my team of what we did tonight. I'm incredibly proud. You know, we had a difficult group to get out of. Um, we achieved our goal of making it to this round, and um, you know we tried our best in this game. Um, you know, when it gets to penalties, it's it's always whoever whoever's day it is, and um, all all of the kudos to our defense. They've been extremely solid this whole tournament, um, and I'm just so honored to have played with all of these ladies. You know, we really felt like a team. We, we grew so close in this tournament and I really think the sky's the limit for us going forward. Those are some of the players' thoughts, hot off the press. Jade, unusually for this one, I'm not going to start with England. I think we should give credit where it's due. And for the open play and the the 90 minutes plus extra time, Nigeria were on top. What did you think about the way they set up against England today and how they executed their game plan? Yeah, Nigeria was very unlucky today, obviously, given the performance that they put out. The whole 11 players and the subs that came on executed their game plan unbelievably well. Credit to them. They give England a really, really good test, something that they looked a little bit um, taken taken off guard by. And I think, you know, for them, they threatened our goal. 13 chances, I think I heard, that they had and an unbelievable performance for their goalkeeper. Another goalkeeper turning up for the books this tournament, along with Mary Earps. But an unbelievable game, a horrible one to watch from a fan and an England fan. But thankfully for us on this side, England make it through. But Nigeria was unlucky today. Mm, the, the one thing that they couldn't do, Helen, was find the back of the net. They did hit the post twice. It ended up being a frustrating England performance. What were your observations watching? Well, Kate Borsay would be proud of me because I've got my Australian phrase. We made hard yakka of that, which is we made hard work <laughs> of that one. It was you chat- got that in early Boom. as well. Well done. Yeah, because I knew I'd get yeah. told off at the end of the episode. Um, so... Yeah. I felt frustrated uh, and I think it was touched upon by one of the listeners who's commented on social media. I felt frustrated because although we weren't having a good start to the to the game, when the changes should have been made, I don't feel like they were made. And so 
it just made it even more difficult for the England players to adapt and continue playing in a formation which I don't feel benefited in that specific game. I felt like with five at the back, we were inviting them to bring four attackers onto us. And when we were releasing the ball on the counter-attack, we didn't have enough players forward because we had so many people covering that back line. It kind of played into their hands. I think I saw a stat on the screen while we were in the stadium that they got over double balls into the box from wide areas than we did. And I mean, I, I could have told you that because it was you could see it. You didn't have to know the stat to see it. The balls that were getting into the box, it was dangerous, constantly, constantly under attack with players being able to get their heads onto it. And and I felt like, although the England players struggled, they also weren't helped by a lack of adapting. When our first sub was made, was the 88th minute, was our first substitute. And you'd think Serena Wiegmann could see we weren't having a good game. I mean, it was early doors that, that you could see that we weren't having a good game. You could see we were struggling. Yeah, for, from 65 minutes, Helen, I was saying, oh, Chloe Kelly's going to come on in a minute. I was in several different WhatsApp groups because lots of people reaching out saying, oh, you know, Linz, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, Chloe Kelly will come on in a mo. Maybe another five minutes. Maybe maybe another five minutes. I'm sure I've seen her. She's going to come on in a moment. But yeah, it just kept on going like that. And that that change didn't happen. Was the key difference here, Jade, just to the naked eye, it looked like man-to-man marking was one of the things that England couldn't cope with. And if you look at the contrast between that China performance and this one, China very much backed off. They let England have the ball. Was was that the key thing here that, that caused England problems, was that they had players literally breathing down their necks? Yeah, I do. I think it, it really nullified our midfield play. I think when Helen spoke about, you know, the back three slash back five being a problem, I think if we would have tweaked that formation a little bit differently, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have had the same problems. We broke lines with passes, but then we came back. We come back into the pressure. I don't know whether it was a physicality perspective, why we kept coming back, because we couldn't outrun the Nigerian players. But I just think that midfield, the switch that's happened from the China game to this game was obviously we had one pivot in Kira. We pushed Georges Downway a little bit higher, which then moves uh, Lauren James to the left-hand side uh, of the midfield, whereas before we had two double pivots, which allows the build-up play to be a bit more fluid. It allows uh, wing-backs to be higher. With this game only, only having one pivot, you're actually inviting the pressure to be man-for-man man all the time. So I think if we would have dragged a Georgia Stanway lower down, we might have exploited a little bit more space in behind where we could play a bit more direct. Are you saying then that Kira Walsh being fit and starting this one might have been a hindrance? I think the hindrance has come with the way that they've played in that formation. I don't think Kira Walsh as a you know an individual has hindered anything. I think, but I think with obviously having the lone pivot in there, all it does is allows a man for man all over the park. What you do then is you just invite pressure all the time. What Georgia Stanway when she was playing deeper in the two pivots, she would have dragged another Nigerian player out of that pocket allowed the LJ to move in between the ranks and then allowed our two forward players that were so good at running channels in the first game against China. They didn't do that as much because there wasn't no fluid. There wasn't no space because of obviously the two higher midfielders occupying those half channels, half spaces mm. in, in the behind the Nigerian back line. 
Well, Helen, it sounds like Jade saying like that double pivot might have just been a slight tweak that could have helped England here. But the knock-on effects further up the pitch, um, Lauren James was kept very quiet. Again, I think we have to say Alozi, Uchebe, both of them, they they had her on toast today. I mean, they didn't give her any time on the ball. And we know what happened. She ended up getting a red card. And you felt that that was born out of frustration because she wasn't able to play the game that we've been used to seeing this World Cup. Was that your take on it? And and also a word as well about the one-touch football that I know Lauren James likes to play and we weren't playing that enough. Yeah, you've read my mind, Lindsay. I think we've got to really tread carefully on, on the Lauren James topic. I think she's very young. It was very, very foolish what she did. But I think categorically it was born out of the frustration of the way the game was going. And just to go back to my previous point about when in the game we were talking, we were in the latter stages of the game. Lauren James is getting no time on the ball. Nigeria were incredibly physical off the ball when, you know, maybe on television it would have looked like the ball was up the pitch. They were on on the shoulder of Lauren James and Kira Walsh in particular. Really, really tight, really frustrating them. And I think the the changes that Jade spoke about, those slight tweaks, I think would have potentially opened opened the door for for that little bit more freedom for those two players in mm-hmm. particular to be able to do, as you say, on the pivot, be able to create that space, be able to make those passes. And we were seeing little glimmers of it, but Nigeria did so well at staying tight. And what I thought was happening was in the first 10, 15 minutes, Lauren James was leaning into it. So when we were in possession, she was staying really, really tight to the Nigeria players. She wasn't trying to get away from them. It was almost like she was biding her time, luring them into a false sense of security. I thought any minute now, Lauren's going to be out the traps. She's going to be making those moves, she's going to be making those runs. It just never happened for her. I mm. feel like Serena needs to go back to the drawing board, make that change happen. And for me, that change was Lauren Hemp really, really early doors. She wasn't physical enough for me today. Every time she got the ball, they were looking for her to be the release player and she was running down the wing. She was never physical enough. She was pushed off the ball constantly. She lost the ball a few times, turned the play over a few times and it made for a really, really frustrating game for for Lauren and for Kira. Let's explain that red card incident in more detail then with Jade. This happened in the 87th minute. As you say, Helen, it was just prior to any changes. Serena hadn't made any at this point. Michelle Alozzi won the ball off James. Both players fell to the floor. When James got up, on reflection and on video replay after the referee was advised as well, you did see that Lauren stepped on Alozzi's back as she walked off. So it was classed as a stamp. It was initially a yellow card, but then the referee overturned it and gave a red card. Now, officially, Jade, that means it's a one-match ban, but FIFA can upgrade that. They've given a three-match ban already this tournament. First of all, are you expecting it will be a three-match ban? And also... For, from a, a player's point of view of all the others out there on the field, how do you think uh, everyone will have reflected on that incident? Because as Helen said, she is a young player. It was a moment of madness, but it has to be managed. I think that it'll stay a three-match ban. I think obviously once the VARs overturned it to violent conduct, I don't think FIFA will get involved. I think that's you know the correct decision at the end of the day. We don't want to be seeing any of that. And that's kind of the thing that you know you don't want to be being spoken about off the back of a win that's the that's the biggest thing that I think right now is is so frustrating when you you know come through a tournament you come through that sort of heartache of a game where it's been so close and then you win on penalties but obviously the overriding emotion is going to be ultimate frustration and there's also a, a negative connotation attached to the game 
But, you know, as players, you go through scenarios all the time in tournament football and you talk about being down to 10 players. You go through what that looks like. You do that early on in the game. You do that like towards the latter stage of the game. Does that change? And when you're nil-nil or one-nil or two-nil up, all those scenarios, the what-if scenarios you call in football, you go through it. And they will have gone through this scenario probably a thousand times already. All you do now as a player is you just move on. You refocus. You have a look at where the game situation's at. And you just go and execute the rest of the game plan. And for me, for that England team, as soon as that decision was happened for the red card, I seen the sort of change in mentality and it was get to penalties, Mm. get to penalties, hang on, stick together. Inside the stadium, I'm not sure what they showed on TV. As soon as the referee went to review the footage to change it from a yellow to a red, the England players were over in the dugout and the discussions were already happening and it was it was already a discussion that was in place about changing changing the formation changing you know the way that they were going to play out the rest of the game making those substitutions happen and i think you know i think we've been quite negative even though we were through to the to the quarterfinals but credit where it's due england find a way and there was another moment in the game where mary Earps, i'll be totally honest and frank i don't think she was injured i think she knew this was a moment where we needed to reflect we need to adapt you know, she was under the cosh, been a couple of dangerous moments. She took a two, three minute and all of the team adapted. And it was probably one of the highlights of the game for England. So those two moments for me just show what this England side are about. Adapting, changing, just being really, really clinical and making decisions. And, and I thought that was one of the highlights for me of the game. Look, we're not sure how this narrative is going to play out around the red card with James. We've not seen any of the, the newspaper headlines yet. Um, there was some talk about the being reflections to what David Beckham did in 98 and and I hope it doesn't go down that route because I think James has announced herself and we know that she's this brilliant talent but where do we all sit with the, with the incident happening when it did when she was cutting a frustrated figure we've already said that she wasn't getting the ball I heard pundits in the studio saying that you have to keep talents like that on the pitch Jade because in one moment they can change the game and maybe that was Serena's feeling but also as you were saying Helen you know I think there was calls for a good 10-15 minutes for changes to happen and James would have been one of them probably. Yeah I think I think I don't think they changed much at half time. I think it's my disappointment when I watched the game. I don't think they they adapted to what Nigeria was giving them. Spoke previously about that 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 player for player kind of system that Nigeria was playing. I think if they would have come out and and the Lauren James would have started to run, you know, the half spaces and running behind and started to have a little bit more fluidity in that midfield. I don't think those that that frustration would have built built up so much. So I think if they would have potentially changed something and adapted to what was being given earlier on in the half, I don't think we would have had that frustration already. I think the problem what happened is we we left a player isolated that's been, you know, put on a pedestal now for this England team and she didn't react very well to it and she didn't react mm-hmm. to the, you know, a, a bad performance that was happening around her. Unfortunately for us, obviously we're going to have to learn from this as a you know a, a, a nation again. But we have to move on, and we have to obviously look forward now. And we're back in the tournament, and we're in a knockout stage. Well, in a world of AI, we like to know that people are human. Serena's human as well. We found that out today. I think I'm going to fire one at each of you, Helen. I'm going to start with you in the stadium because you were there when there was a possible penalty about to be awarded for Rachel Daly. I say about to be awarded. Georgia Stanway very nearly took the spot kick before it was overturned. Did you agree with that decision? Did the fans around you agree with it at the time? 
is it still the case that the, for the decision to be overturned and for the referee to review it, it has to be clear and obvious? Because for me, it wasn't clear and obvious. Was it soft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could it have been given as a penalty? Yeah. Was she diving? No. Was it a clear and obvious error uh, by the referee? No, for well, me. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you because I've been, I've always been under the impression it has to be clear and obvious. However, there is no one who would have wanted this to have been awarded more than Jade Moore watching her former teammates. And that's the reason I came to you first, actually, Helen, is because on our group, it wasn't just you, Jade. Tash as well was saying it would have been soft. We'd have hated that to be given against us. For me, obviously, as a defensive player who likes contact, you want to be able to have contact. There's contact allowed in the box. There's contact allowed all over. But it's obviously what use of contact you use. And for me, in that situation, Rach Daly was the one that initiated contact. So for me, I'm like, the defender didn't really have much more choice in that. She was running backwards. Rach stopped. And, you know, the, the momentum of the player runs into the back of her. There was an elaborate dive, I think. Maybe that mm-hmm. in, in real time it didn't look so bad, but I think on the telly it did look a, a lot worse. And I think the right decision at the end of the day was made. I want this England team to win properly. You know, I don't want a VAR decision to change something. But then on the flip side, there was another penalty situation that I think did go the wrong way. An extra time, um, Helen, it was Nigeria who thought they could have had a penalty. This looked a bit more clear. It wasn't pulled back. And if you were surrounded by all those Australian fans, they must have been uproar. Yeah, to be honest, Jade touched on it. I, I agree from where I was sat. at had a pretty good view. It looked like a penalty. And I, and I breathed a sigh of relief as an England fan that it wasn't given. And being honest, if it was given, I think it would have been both deserved in terms of the outcome at that point in the game. And, and I think it would have been a fair, a fair choice. We really, really got away with one there. We did get a glimpse of how England would perform in a penalty shootout after the finalissima at Wembley. They did well on that occasion. And this one, it, it was interesting because Jonas Eideval in the studio, as we were watching back at home, Helen, was talking about how the position that England took up on the centre circle meant that the Nigeria players had got to walk past the England players to go and take that penalty. And it's those subtle differences in psychology. It was really interesting him pointing that out. But what what did you make of the, the penalty kicks? Because was it always for you a case that technically England would be better in executing these? Worth noting, I could not watch so <laughs> um, I'm I'm not the, the best at giving you the exact details of what happened because I was beside myself with um, anxiety. But what I will say is when they were making the changes just before the 120 minutes was up, you were seeing first choice uh, penalty takers for Manchester United, Spurs, like they were all coming onto the pitch. And I was thinking, you know, you look around this England squad and we have a lot of first choice penalty takers in in the ranks and that gave me great confidence and then of course Mary Earp's being in goal you're you're automatically going to feel like you you stand a really really good chance of of going Mm -hmm. through I see that penalty shootout as our dress rehearsal like if we're we're going into any others during this tournament now I hope we're going into it with great confidence as an England team that that you can that we can take that on disappointed for Georgia who is the key penalty taker and no Lynn's what you're probably uh, insinuating Who's going to be the new penalty taker or will there be a new penalty taker? That's two misses now in the World Cup. I don't think that Serena will twist. I think she'll stick with Georgia Stanway and, and hopefully she'll come back confident next time. 
for Nigeria, of course, they did come so close to being the first African team to win a knockout match. And they will be ruining, I suppose, some of the missed opportunities during open play. But it is England who march on. Uh, They play Jamaica or Colombia in the quarterfinals. And how do we think that England are going to fare without Lauren James? If she is missing now, how do we supplement her goals? Because she's been the, the provider and the scorer so far in the group stages. I just think we need some fluidity back in our game. I actually think our lack of fluidity today came because we were so scared of the counterattacks. So I think we have to be brave. We have to start going out there and, and you know, trying to get our rhythm very early on because once we get our rhythm, no one can live with us. I'm not too worried about who comes in in replace of Lauren James right now, but whoever it is, they just need to have some link-up play. Yeah, I think um, we'll probably see Ella Toon come back into the starting lineup. I'd imagine, um, in that number 10 role. And looking at potentially rotating the formation slightly, maybe looking back to the Haiti game and what we came into the World Cup doing. Now we have Kira Walsh back. This mm. miraculous recovery. We may see the Haiti formation with Ella Toon sat in behind Russo. And hopefully that's the kick up the ass that Ella Toon wants and needs to, to really bring that flair you know, bring a little bit back of, of what we saw her chipping the goalkeeper in the European final and the like. Um, maybe maybe this is her moment to, to sort of turn it around for herself. You give me one saving grace. I'm going to give you one back, especially anyone who supports female coaches in football. Uh, we still have a female manager left in the competition, our very own Serena Wiegmann, who is the only one left. And England were joined in the quarterfinals by co-host Australia. We're going to bring you more on that next. This is Tash Dowie. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Caitlin Ford and Hayley Rasso came up trumps for Australia in Sydney as they beat Denmark 2-0. I think we'll start with Sam Kerjade and the fact that we got a first glimpse in this match. It was late on, but she has got some time indicating that for the rest of these knockouts, she's going to be a real threat. Yeah, it was great to see Sam Kerr back on the pitch. Um, Obviously, for every other nation that's still in there, I think they're now probably thinking, why? (laughs) Why now? (laughs) The only thing that I can probably look at it from an England fan's perspective is, is it going to be too short a time for her to get back up to fitness and start, you know, being uh, ruthless in front of goal and having that sharpness of competition football as she missed too many games to reach that now, being in knockout football. But obviously, for the women's football as a whole, for the World Cup in Australia... Unbelievable to see her back playing and uh, hopefully mm. she lasts, lasts the rest of the tournament. She was subbed on in the 80th minute. There were cardboard cutouts. I, I know that you were surrounded by Australia fans for the England game, Helen, but she must have been the talk of Australia since you'd been out there and the fact she's been missing up until this point. Well, yeah, the the entirety of Brisbane erupted when um, when she came onto the pitch. We were still uh, making our way away from the stadium, but all of the bars were, were showing uh, the Australia game. Everyone was in Australia jerseys and Sam Kerr was the main name on the back of those jerseys. So I know that everyone will be absolutely delighted to to see her back. My question would be after today's performance, you know, who do they rotate out? Who's Who's going to lose their spot in the team? Because although I was very critical of Australia over the group stages and even a little bit in that Canada game where they, they dominated, I don't think, I don't think it was quite as clean cut as, as maybe it was made out. I thought today against Denmark, Australia really proved that they are to be feared and Sam Kerr just makes it a whole more scary. (laughs) 
it better not be Cooney Cross. I, I love Cooney Cross. She, she better be playing next match. I thought she's been brilliant. But of course, when you've got the goals coming from Caitlin Ford, who's been brilliant, Rasso has been amongst the goals as well. It's going to be a difficult decision to make. Jade, your thoughts on Denmark? Because I, I just used the word flat. I, I just didn't think that they really took the game to Australia at any point. Yeah, I agree. Flat's probably a really good word. They they lacked ideas. They had moments that were good, but they always seemed to come through Panilla harder. They played so direct so early on from the back, which then allowed so big a space to, to obviously open up, um, which then played into Australia's hands for them to pick up the second balls and then drive at space, um, which obviously was where the goals came from. They just looked like they lacked connection. They basically was a complete polar opposite to what Australia were today. And they, you know, everything that they did didn't seem to work. Whereas Australia, their togetherness outshone. They possessed the ball really well. And their work rate, Australia's work rate, to me, obviously, absolutely, they ran this Denmark team into into the ground. Yes, Denmark had more possession, but they didn't do what uh, Australia did with theirs. Well, after the match, we managed to grab a quick chat with Anna Harrington, sports journalist at the Australian Associated Press. Hi, Anna. That was a really convincing performance from Australia. Was it the best you've seen from them so far this tournament? What were your thoughts on that performance? This performance was a really mature and professional performance, I think. Um, The Canada one was the most, um, I suppose, ruthless and scary and um, full throttle. This was really impressive, but in a different way. You felt like everyone thought they were the favourites, even if only by a slight margin. They'd beaten Denmark in a friendly last year, high on confidence. We knew what they could do from the previous game. And it was really just about executing. And, yeah, I I use the term mature because I think so often we've had the underdog tag as a bit of a crutch to support us, I guess, um, as Australians. It's um, something that Australians really lean on and the Matildas and the Socceroos have both done. So to be able to go out there as, you know, not really the underdogs and perform and be so comprehensive. But the the first sort of 15 minutes was a bit shaky. But after Steph Catley went down um, for some treatment in the, I think it was the 18th minute, they got to really steady themselves. And from the moment they put in that, um, the first goal, they never looked like they were going to get beaten. I felt at least they looked very comfortable defensively. They were really solid. Alana Kennedy was um, reading the ball so well in the air. Claire Hunt's very sure-footed. Caitlin Ford was just tremendous and um, we saw Mary Fowler be really influential with a couple of key balls too. So yeah, this is a really exciting professional performance Um, and I think what they'll really take out of this is they've played teams with different styles and I know the Nigeria game, um, they were beaten, but this Denmark game was very different to the Canada one and they managed to handle the occasion and handle the, the different circumstances really well. So yeah, they'll get a lot out of that. The big question now is how will the team rotate to allow Sam Kerr to come in to start the next match? What do you think is going to happen? I think at the moment, until she can really build some fitness in, having Kerr in as one of those options off the bench, her and Courtney Vine came on together for those fresh legs and just a really one terrifying opposition defences. But when Sam Kerr plays, they clearly walk taller as well. So I think at least for this game, you'd imagine she'll be coming off the bench. And I think that's a pretty scary proposition. Mary Fowler just goes from strength to strength. The two balls that she played for the two girls today, especially the first one for Caitlin Ford, was just sublime. And she's only 20 and she's only going to get better and better. I think Emily Van Egmond's been a really steadying presence in that front four as well. Her and Fowler as the front. Uh, they're not even a front two, they're two false nines. And 
they just work off each other, they're creative, they're calm, they think their way through situations. And at times on the tours have been a bit um, hectic, um, maybe in the past, but they just seem that bit more steady and composed. I know you've got lots of deadlines, but thank you for your time, Anna. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the quarterfinals. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. That rounds up today's matches. Do let us know what you thought of them. Uh, we've got our hashtag that's been running all tournament, OffsideWC, and our handle is at OffsideRulePod. Uh, we are going to do, as we've done every day this World Cup, our ones to watch next. It is a segment I'd love to skip, to be quite honest, but here's <laughs> producer Sophie with the updated rules for the knockout rounds. This is Ones to Watch from the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, the game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player, and if they score, you'll get two points. It's one for an assist and for a clean sheet if they're a defender. A goalkeeper gets two points for a clean sheet and three for a penalty save in open play. If it goes to a penalty shootout, it's one point for scoring and a keeper gets two points for a save. Oh, and minus one for a red card or an own goal. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament for Kate, Lindsay, the pundits, the producers and of course the listeners. So keep track of your scores and let us know how you're getting on. You can join in any time by starting with the same amount of points as the person in last place. So pick a player and let's get started. The scores are, and it feels more painful me having to read this out with Kate on holiday, um, it's tied at the top. Kate has drawn level now. Well done, Kate, with the producers. They're both on 23 points. That's thanks to Kate's pick of Mary Earps. Who would have thought that came up trumps today? But it did. Uh, The Pundits and I, uh, which was Tash Dowie, Jade, who was picking on behalf (laughs) of you, we went for Lauren James. And yes, there was the red card. So that means that we lost points, not gained them. Um, Yeah, they're on 12, as in you and Tash and all the other Pundits. I'm last on nine points. There's a long way to go. I've got to try and make up some points here. So on Tuesday, playing for the final spots in the quarterfinals, Jamaica face Colombia and Morocco take on France. What order do I do this? I could try and be tactical here. I'm going to go Jade. going to throw you under the bus first. Who's your one to watch? So I've gone for... I've gone for Wendy Renard. You sounded undecided. If you don't mind me saying that. I have a few and... I actually messaged Tash earlier and I said I'm going to go with a bit of a, you know, left swing, like left wing sort of. Um, left the wing, players are getting when, tactical It's Wendy, it's Wendy yeah. Renard. She could have a left swing, to be, to be fair, <laughs> in the box. Yeah. yeah, I've gone tactical. I'm hoping clean sheet and maybe a set piece. Oh. Are they allowed oh. to? Are they allowed to Tactics. converse? Is this allowed to happen? Jade Moore and Tash Dowie, are we allowing this? Oh. Helen, no small it's print. been going on since pretty much day two. Yeah, you know, like they're it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Can't Ward, find a way to win. Getting in the texts, throwing you, throwing <laughs> you some ideas. I don't like this at all. <laughs> so this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now with Kate's choice of Mary Earps paying off. Is it a tactical choice for you as well, Helen? 
I'm going to go because I feel at the other end of the pitch, we uh, we may get some goals. I'm going to go Diani. Um, you said a brilliant World Cup. And I do think that France are going to get through tomorrow. I, I think that Co- Colombia, Jamaica could be really tight, could go either way. It's going to be a really, really good battle. So I'm trying to play it safe, but that's me. So, I mean, this is as safe as it's going to be. I'm going to settle on Diani. I mean, I'm nine points at the bottom. I don't know how safe I've got to go, to be honest, but I think it's bravery I need. I nearly went for Bonnie Shaw, actually, but I I think it's probably wise to steer clear of Jamaica, Colombia. It's just one I can't really call. I do think that you're right. I think France will knock out Morocco. Diani means that you have actually chosen the same as producer Sophie. I'm going to go slightly different. Eugenie Lassamere for me. I think that there are going to be goals from Eugenie Lassamere, and it's going to rocket me up this table. Thank you very much to Helen Hardy. Good day. Oh, I didn't see that with much gusto, <laughs> did I? Oh, my gosh. Jade Moore, help me out. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, all. <laughs> this has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I thought we'd never sign off. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.